1: The place to be, to be.
2: Do you find that attractive? That idea of like getting rid of your phone on this? Because I think this is always the thing that it feels to, so many of us are balancing right now, right? Where it precisely like what you were saying is we have to look at on the other side of this amazing time to be alive. Like there's a, we're obviously in the midst of, and it's unclear how we're going to get through this, a mental health crisis, right? We're in the midst of a, like isolation, crisis and the dramatically negative impacts that that has on, you know, in this, in this, um, that all of us now, if you think, you know, I was still shocked all the time of, uh, we moved during COVID, we moved from New York city to Columbus, Ohio, but, you know, it still felt very dystopian to me for very many years of sitting on the subway in New York and you look around and everybody is sitting there staring. At their phones you know yeah. and it
3: bowing it's a bowing. it's actually it's a, like you know it's a it's a prayer uh, state of body
2: it's yes it's like it's a it's a right it's such a fascinating um mix that we have like it's a really precisely what you were saying when you were say that kind of like an overwhelming amount of information right we have so much more information And it's very interesting because I think critical to creativity is actually constriction of Mm -hmm. information, right?
3: All right. Welcome to the boost conversations with people promoting mental health. And I'm here with Brad Arner, who is the founder of healers kit. Uh, He is a tech entrepreneur, has lived uh, a number of different lives, as he's called it, and uh, programs and businesses and initiatives that he's been a part of. Um, Not all successful. He's been through some failures. And that, of course, as we know, is some of the best opportunity for learning. Uh, But Brad and I had an opportunity to connect uh, recently, and I really enjoyed the conversation wanted to bring it to this audience here. So, Brad, I'm stoked to be talking with you today. How are you?
2: I am doing great, thanks, Steve. You put it so eloquently, my my varied background, but uh, I'm doing I'm doing phenomenal. You know, it's always like the uh, the adjustment of you know you know how this is like entrepreneur lifestyle, right? You sort of go into the weekend, which is very lightly a weekend, you know, and mm-hmm. uh, start getting uh you know starting the second day of the week, usually for me at least, which is Monday. And then getting into, you know, the flow of like, oh, okay, what are, what, what are we doing this week? What's, you know, what's the, uh, what's on the schedule? <laughs> and um, so, yeah, it's, it's the usual. It's good, good moments. You got a good cup of coffee, you know, and, um, and going into the week. So it's good. It's great. Nice. How about you? How are you doing?
3: Well, my short-term memory is amazing, so uh, it was nice to, to get your intro uh, just before this call and then regurgitate it. <laughs> I, did, I think I did a nice job. That was great. Uh, it was amazing. <laughs> He's like, how does he know this stuff? Um, I'm doing well. Yeah, the entrepreneurial cadence is something I've been uh, playing around with, actually, lately. Part of it was inspiration from a book called 10X is Easier Than 2X. Mm. I don't know. Have you read that book? I have. Okay, I have. yeah. yeah well, and what one, are your thoughts
2: well, about that and how you, how you sort of thinking about implementing that?
3: Well, the one thing that's really stuck is the idea of thinking about ourselves as athletes or musicians or other kinds of performers because I do love to work, um, but I did go into sort of a traditional nine to five Monday through Friday club thing. And I don't know that it fit my energy or my flow. And I felt ashamed of that, actually, for a while. I felt uh, insufficient uh, because I just wasn't able to kind of fit into that mold. And the entrepreneurial life is fascinating because you are out in the wild. You create your own schedule. I definitely can relate to that. Sunday is the first day of the week. Monday is the second day. Uh, But in the book, it talks about how athletes never do game day, three, four, five days in a row. You know, it's like mm. you have a game day, then you have a practice day or a prep day, maybe a rest day. And on rest day, you're totally resting, you're not doing any work. So Monday, now I, I jump into cash flow analysis, and I do my prep day is Monday. And then Tuesday is game day for me. And then I'm trying to take Wednesday off entirely. Um, nice. But then that means my Saturday morning is some work and my Sunday evening is some work too. Mm. I, so that's one interesting
2: thing that I have seen um, over the years, living in Orthodox Jewish lifestyle, right? We essentially have a hard stop every single week on Friday afternoon, Friday night from sundown until Saturday night, sundown, sundown, <clears throat> which basically amounts to like 25 hours where we turn everything off. I mean not turn everything off like you know it's not as we don't we still utilize electricity um but meaning we basically disconnect like from everything. And so you know you it's it's always curious to me you now um there are a lot of people that are talking about this idea of a, like a digital sabbath, right? And um it
1: Go to linkedin.com slash MPN to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash MPN. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be.
2: Pleasant, I guess it, it's, it's, um, it's nice to see a lot of people finding a lot of uh, value in that same thing that we just sort of experience uh, inherently in our schedule every single week. And it wasn't until really... Um, One of the companies that we were building out and that grew quite big and it was really the usual like high growth. I mean, we were just like, you know, we bringing on like 40 people every two weeks, um, just insane pace of growth and insane both internally and externally. And, um, And I had so many people on the team they would come to me and they would say, oh my gosh, like I envy you so much that you have like this, you know? And so of course I would just tell people like, just do it yourself, you know? And you realize like it's hard. It's sort of a built-in advantage because when you have it built in, we're like, listen, this is it, you know? Um, And you're able to utilize the structure of, um, you know, just our community and lifestyle and stuff like that, right? that it's like, okay, this is just the way it is. You know, Um, it takes a lot more effort for a lot of, you know, people that don't have the same, don't grow up in the same community to sort of put that in place. Um, But it has, over the years, especially in entrepreneurship, I have grown so appreciative of that, uh, or I've been able to sit with it a lot better now. And sometimes in some ways, I think I sit with it a lot better even from seeing other people realizing, you know, non, like, people that are not trying to be Orthodox Jews, you know, adopting some of the like digital Sabbath and stuff. And you realize like, Oh, wow, there's a lot of value here. You know, there is like, and um, you know, and, and sort of going from the place of viewing it as, Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, I I have to wait to respond to this email another 25 hours. To now it's like, I can't survive without, you know, that 25 hours like shutdown and just Uh like, you know, like one, once it's off, it's off and it's like, listen, I'll pick it up. And whatever, whatever it gets to on the other side, that's, you know, I'll figure it out then. But, hmm. you, but it's like, okay, we, we've got the 25 hours off. That's it. That's you it. Know, that's it.
3: Well, that's, that's fascinating. And I chuckle about that too. I, um I, uh yeah, it's like, if it's, if it was good enough, if God did it, you know, like God was like. Six days of work and then rest on the seventh, you know, like certainly, maybe there's whether you're religious or not or believe in God or not there's probably some value or meaning in an old story like that that stood the test of time and and other applications too, like uh fasting, like i didn't grow up in a tradition of fasting, mm-hmm. but now you know fasting is like wildly popular like we're mm-hmm. we're like, but it had to be our idea. Like, oh, you know what we should do is intermittent fasting. It's like, yeah, you know, you know who did that?
0: <laughs> like
3: everybody, thousands of it years so ago.
0: True.
3: Or, um and I love that you have a, you have a higher power, you know. So it's like, well, hey, I, we're unplugging because we, you know, we have we have a reason for this and a higher power for this. Um but we now we see it in like you know in applications like this book I was talking about, where it's like, oh, you know what you should do is you should take one take a day off a week where you don't do anything and so it is it is funny, I think, or meditation and prayer, like the similarities yes. between meditation and prayer are so common, you know, or even gratitude, like from a mental health perspective, like yeah. uh you know alcoholics anonymous it's like there's a big thing in there about you know a higher power. And, um, and when you're talking about gratitude, it's like, well, it it's not that who you have to be grateful to something else outside of yourself. Um, you can't just be grateful to yourself. I guess you could, but it's like very, it's very uh, echo chamber, you know, you have to let that flow out of you somewhere else. And so, um, yeah, all sorts of applications that come from the the old archetypal stories and, or, you know, the spiritual traditions. Yeah. I would
2: say there's, you know, I think there's, um, there's, uh, there's a lot of people how to phrase this in a way that I want to make sure I'm saying it well, that, um, it's very interesting to see the, the, you are you know saying this intermittent fasting and um there is so much more similarity behind these i don't know what, like high performance uh not high performance but like wellness well-being um growth here i'm thinking you know i don't want to i'm i'm not a huge um i'm not super knowledgeable about everything that that he puts out, but like Andrew Huberman and sort of, you know, a lot of these individuals that have, um, Peter, is it Peter, uh, Attia, the doctor who, um, uh, um, they've put out so much of this material on like preventative, preventive health and, you know, all these things that we can implement in our day-to-day life. Mm-hmm. And it, it's surprising to me how much of it overlaps with uh these things that you know 500 years ago they would have been like oh these weird aesthetics are doing it you know uh in the you know off in a monastery somewhere you know <laughs> and um it's it's coming so much more into uh everybody's day-to-day life which i think is um it's good it's even very good for those of us that grow- that you know may have that inherently as part of our lifestyle but we don't necessarily give it you know, sometimes it's, it's very beneficial to see somebody else re- call out the value of that, you know, cause sometimes we just go about a routine and, and, you know, we don't even take the time within our own day to day to spot all these small things that we do. We may mm-hmm. already inherently be doing them throughout our day. Yeah. Um, like I would imagine you, there's probably countless different situations throughout your day that you're actually already doing all these, you know, optimizations, right. Of like just that many people have already uh, figured out. And then somebody calls it out in a book or calls it out in a podcast. Right. And then you're like, Oh, well, that's, that is right. Okay. That's really interesting. You know, mm-hmm. I hadn't really thought about it. Maybe I, you know, it's also like, I'm also got so many like uh small little life hacks that, that, you know, that like I've come up with too, like mm-hmm. and we can all do this, you know, yeah. there's a lot of here. There's a lot of opportunity here. So, a lot of opportunity. Uh, optimize life if you will i don't know optimize life or live live fully i think that's what it is live fully that's really live fully we like how that
3: I, mean. I like that live fully i'm sure somebody has livefully.com but yeah it, we yes. i think we do we do we are my my sort of um, my sort of thesis is that we are uh, spiraling upward in a positive sense uh, slowly, you know, if you look way back um, and back to the stone breakers and the cavemen, and and then cycling up toward the industrial age, and now the information age, and AI, which we'll talk about, and um, spiraling up toward the spiritual, in terms of a a greater awareness, and maybe it's a full circle or some kind of arc. Um, like without getting too specific, I do feel like there's a an opportunity for us to stop doing certain things. for example, we were talking the other day about uh, typing, and uh, I went and fact checked myself, but it's still really shocking to me that the u s adult spends twenty one or twenty three days or twenty one or twenty three hours a week typing. so basically one of our one day out of our week from midnight to midnight, not even an eight hour day. It's a full day we spend typing words out and what AI can do from a a typing perspective. You know, you can get an essay out of, out of AI in a, in a moment. Now that doesn't mean you should necessarily just submit it, um, you know, as your thesis uh, you know, but uh, that, that we are, we are, I hope being freed up to be, less human resources you know in a way and you know a lot about this i would love to get into sort of some some conversation around ai if you're open to that because you're you're actually using those tools in your business
2: yeah yeah i actually you know you mentioned right before we um in the, in the green room if you will the uh you know gratitude moment of gratitude and it's like listen i, I think we're living at this amazing time you know like i really feel as though we um there's a certain I definitely have a romantic streak in me, you know that's like, oh, the days of old were so much you know it would have been so amazing to live in the midst of the burgeoning oh, really? you know, industrial revolution, whatever it might be, um of course ignoring we always ignore the you know, typhoid un- fever. The, like,
3: <laughs> <laughs> all the typhoid fever uh, we
2: also <laughs> ignore all the uncomfortable parts um
3: yeah but go on with this track i'm interested in this
2: but um i i think it's you know it's really like i try to um reinforce that every single day it's amazing when you think about like the time period that we're living in right now right like i was having this um conversation we're walking back from the synagogue yesterday with my son i can't remember exactly how it came up but we are then talking about longevity. Right. Um, Oh, I remember how it came out because there's, there's numerous references throughout our, uh, throughout our tradition of living a long life and, you know, like what that, what aids in living a long life. Right. And having, um, a respectful community and respectful relationships between people. Right. That was one of the really key topics and, um, that aids in long life. It's very clearly called out. And so anyway, it led into this conversation on longevity. And, um, I think it is fascinating when you think about my son asked some question of, um, you know, do I know how long I'll live? Right. And we have this, uh, a tradition in the, in the Jewish community that we say, you know, that you should live to 120. Right. And, um, And I was saying to my son, you know, it's a really, it's a great question because there's like so much advancing right now. Like, I don't know, like, what will that, you know, what will it look like? I don't know whether I'm all the way on the super optimistic side that all of a sudden all of us are going to be living a thousand years, you know, um, long in the next 50 years. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I do know that we're sitting on this, in this era when there is so much being uncovered, There's so much potential being built up in so many of these tools, artificial intelligence, all the ways that we have to augment ourselves, um, that both from the aspect of communicating all these different aspects of longevity research so that they can be broadly spread out to the masses, right? That's probably where I'm spending more of my time right now. Um, As well as all the way up to like research, you know, aiding researchers and doing really complex um protein analysis with artificial intelligence you know it's it's insane like all this stuff going on you know i think there's also the side that it's a little bit there's some scary change that it will probably happen um that i don't think any of us know quite what that looks like yet um but it just feels like i I really enjoy there was a, a there's a um a guy on youtube that reviews the latest research papers in artificial intelligence and he releases on every single day every couple of days and you know he always ends by saying like what a time to be alive you know it is like it's crazy it's really wow. it, it, it's um it is really crazy to to see when you think about the difference like think about what our grandparents grew up with like i remember my grandmother telling me about the moment she remembers like having a phone installed in their house hmm. you know that was a big deal the thing about now i just ordered the other day one of those like little rabbit i don't know if you have you heard about these things the rabbit um yeah, i
3: saw that uh what was it ces or yeah or, yeah rolled out of that big X, electronic xy i watched a video on the founder and talk it through
2: it's like um i mean think about the 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 change there you know my grandmother was like just getting a telephone line put in right and now we have these little things that you know will soon be in our pockets outside of these you know crazy apple vision goggles and meta you know all this other stuff going on
3: you know it's like yeah yeah Yeah. like what a time to be alive what a time to be alive that's That'll be my moment of gratitude, too, which is, uh, yeah, what an amazing time in life. And sorry, my phone's ringing. My, um, my, my mind goes to a number of things, you know, there's, and I don't know all the validity of it, but, you know, people talk a lot about the blue zones and that, like, who, who's living longer in the world and why? And it comes down to, yeah, tight-knit community you know and if we think about suicide or loneliness and mm-hmm. the impact of stress on our lives going through the entire existence as a rugged individual and an atlas you know with the world on our shoulders like there's a reason we told those stories and um and then it's like yeah kind of you know be mindful eat your vegetables you know don't just eat bacon probably although you know, there's a counterpoint to keto and ketosis and putting your body in different things. Like we're learning so much that it's almost not even like a pendulum swinging back and forth. It's like this, it's like this vibration of information that we're learning. That's getting us down this path as we find the guardrails. Um, but it wasn't so long ago that, that it was a very different time. Like I was reading about Michelangelo and he you know how he got better and better and better I think this is in that same book the 10x book and it was talking about how much better he got when he did David you know and it's kind of about the reduction of things so it's not that we need more in our life we probably need less um but he did another previous statue that we don't know much about probably um Hercules he did Hercules in 1492 which should ring a bell and I was like oh Michelangelo was working in 1492 like you know when Columbus was sailing like for some reason in my mind Michelangelo was like millennia ago and um and and it was just okay it was like a good sculpture but it it uh it got lost along the way um but yeah it's like oh, it's not that long ago that very what we think is very old um so then to fast forward to this rabbit thing, which if you're not familiar is is kind of a a device that can um interpret and read all of the various user experiences and buttons in all your apps, and it kind of uh puts everything into this rabbit or the rabbit can via APIs kind of look and interact with these apps. Um, and if we look at our phone, it's like, yeah, it's covered with apps. Well, this is kind of a solution to say, let the rabbit do that work. And you just say, I want to order a pizza and I'm good with the most popular kind, or I want extra pepperoni. And then the rabbit will do the work for you. Um, Pizza is the most the most interesting application to me that he said in the demo. I was like, oh, you can make my pizza order faster? I want one. Go for it. I'm a pizza connoisseur though.
2: Very nice. <laughs> Very nice. Yeah, what do you see in that? Um, do you find that attractive? That idea of like getting rid of your phone on this? Because I think this is always the thing that it feels to, so many of us are balancing right now, right? Where it precisely like where you were saying is we have to look at, On the other side of this amazing time to be alive, like there's we're obviously in the midst of and it's unclear how we're going to get through this, a mental health crisis. Right. We're in the midst of a like isolation crisis and the dramatically negative impacts that that has on, you know, in this in this um, that all of us now, if you think, you know, I was still shocked all the time of. Uh, we moved during COVID, we moved from New York city to Columbus, Ohio, but you know, it still felt very dystopian to me for very many years of sitting on the subway in New York and you look around and everybody is sitting there staring at their phones, you know,
3: yeah. and it bowing it's a, bowing. it's actually it's a, like, you know, it's a, it's a prayer, a uh, state of body.
2: It's Yes. It's like, it's a, it's a, right. It's such a fascinating um, mix that we have. Like it's a really precisely what you were saying when you were said that kind of like an overwhelming amount of information, right? We have so much more information now. And it's very interesting because I think critical to creativity is actually constriction of mm-hmm. information, right? It's not, you know, it, it's not like, all, you can't do I don't as humans we can't handle all the world's information like we have to limit it we have to like you know constrain it into some fashion uh-huh. so that it actually become concrete and 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 valuable it feels like and all of us are balancing that at every given moment and I think it's only going to get more stark or I think the challenges are only going to unfortunately like I think it's going to become more and more present um, as we enter this age of AI, because I think things will both speed up. um, And then that speed up is going to imply a lot, even more of what we've seen. And so it's like, you know, when we're thinking about all these apps on our phones and, and such, right, is that you know, where are you sort of sitting with that? Is that one of the appealing things of something like rabbit? Like, where do you want to see the world go with sort of all these streams yeah. of potential?
3: I'll tell you where my mind goes. Thanks for asking. I would love to know the same thing about you. Um, the uh, The marginal optimist in me, like the 51% optimist says, One, I look at Rabbit and I think that is like the most rudimentary iPod first edition of what we're going to get out of Rabbit ideas once the Rabbit 12 comes along or somebody else iterates on it. But I love the idea because what I think could happen is that it's sort of like, just to use an analogy, it's sort of like we're all trying to be car mechanics. And we're not very good at it. And we're under the hood with the AI and we're trying to like wrestle it around. And it's like, no, let let a few experts make sure that the Ferrari is being designed in a way so that when you romp on the pedal, you can go 200 miles an hour. And then, yeah, there's some safety constrictions that come with that. Um, but I think the the point there is that we're building a beautiful machine and it's building itself somewhat and yes we're going to have to be very careful about that because like any hyper leverage technology it's dangerous you know a chainsaw you know probably shouldn't be what you eat your dinner with it's like it's too much but what i think is going to happen is that all of this new technology is going to unearth this swing this pendulum swing this counterbalance this cantilevered experience back to the outdoors and back to the old way. Like I think you're the the romanticist and you might be very happy if you live 120 years, because, um, we're not going to have to do much typing and we're not even going to be like this. Like, I think it's very possible that you and I are going to be both holograms in a conversation that, um, you know, is, is very, uh, The the antidote to loneliness. It's going to be like, oh, actually, we don't have to stare at our phones. We're going to have to break ourselves of that habit. I had dinner on Friday with a high schooler and part in his family, and he just said, "I'm addicted. I'm addicted to my phone." And then, not no joke, not a joke at all. But it was a little bit like, "Hey, buddy, do you see what you're doing?" Five minutes later, he had his head in his phone at the dinner table, and I'm like, "Yes, you are addicted." and we got to get out of that. Um, but I don't think we I don't think we were even sophisticated to know the game that was coming. Um, so there's going to be some price to pay, some interest that we're going to pay on that. But I think there's the opportunity to put the tech under the hood. And then the problem is going to be wildlife is simple um what do we do with this simple simple life that's one that's one theory what what do you think like what's your where's your head i mean I, i'm with you I,
2: that's where i w- i would like things to go right is yeah. p- precisely there i think um i keep coming back to the same question is what do we not want automated hmm. right like what element of our life Do I not see, uh, do I not see AI having any positive impact on whatsoever, right? For me, just personally, I'm sure different people answer this in different ways. Um, But I keep coming back to, you know, very simply said, like, when i'm having a connective communication like conversation with my wife with my kids i don't see how chat gpt can help me at all you know i think and if it can then i would question whether it's a little bit too transactional and it's not really a relationship right and it's not really like connective and um and so i i would I would very much, where I would like to see things go is in a place where we actually better understand what are those automatable tasks that we spend so much of our time doing, like the typing, right? And what are those non, like what are the deep connective aspects, creative aspects that only we can do as people? And I think that a lot of that has to do with each other. Right, we we have this principle in in the Jewish tradition that um, that really the ultimate in where humanity needs to get to is where we are so occupied with helping fill in the gaps in other people's lives that like we're, we you know we're not even like everybody's helping fill in everybody's gaps in their life, right? Mm-hmm. And that that creates inherently like a very very high level of connectedness, um, because we're far more concerned about what go- what is going on, how we can help other people, than than um, and, than ourselves, right? And um, there's a balancer, I should say, just to clear. There's a, there's always a balance, right? Because there's always there's a healthy give and take be- behind everything. If you're just giving, you know, it's still off kilter, right? Um, so there, there's a balance that needs to be, to exist there, but that that's where we want to get to of like, how do we connect to people? How do I, you know, how, how do, if you think about it, it's like, how, how do I take care of all of this, all of the administrative elements so that my wife and I can just have the conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. And now I think the reality is that will also be different for different people, like what that is. Right. So for example, for me and my wife, that might mean, Oh, Hey, if we can have dinner automatically made for us, right. That's maybe that's amazing. I know other people. My wife has many relatives in France who, if you told them that, Hmm. no, 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 you have to let this thing cook for you. Right. They'd be like, I don't want that. The worst. Like, that's not what I am not interested in that. Like I actually enjoy the cooking process, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so and I think that's the interesting thing is like what uh, there's a challenge there in that uh, that I think will be a little bit uh, turbulent in the future is like the challenge there is really I'm speaking in this hypothetical scenario where all of us understand our own unique Like we all understand who we are perfectly, right? And we understand what is really like connective and creative about us and and that we're able to really clearly distinguish between like all these different things and say, oh, no, I should automate that and I should not automate that, right? That's really I think where the challenge becomes because that's actually really hard like, that's real hard for me. You know, I'm talking about in this, like, very theoretical situation, but let's be honest, you know, if you told told me right now, gave me the power to automate every single thing I possibly could, I can guarantee you I would automate a bunch of stuff that, you know, would probably greatly detract from my life, you know, and, like, that would not make it pleasant, and, you know, whereas um, I, I think it really is, like, how do we, how do we exist? Like, I think that's the thing, like you have said this, you know, numerous times outdoors, right. Is there is, there's a lot of research and a lot of people's just direct experience of the benefits of being out outside, right. The, yeah. the, the sort of um, there's a lot of powerful aspects of, of being deeply connected with nature and all these things around us. Right. But I would also say that, you know, you find sometimes what you find is people, they go outside and they're so connected to their phone and they're so connected to these other things. They don't actually even yet know how to just be outside and mm-hmm. just breathe in the air and just like sit in the majesty of a gigantic mountain in front of you, you know? yeah And so um, myself as well, like, I, you know, I'm, I'm a hundred percent there with everybody else. You know, I stand in front of this majestic mountain and there's a, certainly a part of me that is like. Hey, pull out your phone and take a picture, you know, rather than just yeah. sitting there. But I think it's like, how do we, how do we find that line? Like, what are those things that we don't want to automate? What are those mm-hmm. things for us that we don't want to automate, mm-hmm. right? That we would never, ever, ever, ever automate away. And I think there is like actually a really defining aspect of who we are. I mean, as a, as, a, as 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 a race, but also individually who we are. Right. And so, like, for example, for me, what I'm working on right now to sort of like dip the toe in that just a tiny bit is. When I think about mental health professionals right now, right, what do they really want to spend their time focused on is healing. Like, that's what really that's what they got into it for is how can they help people. Right. Um, And what many of them encounter is a situation where. They're trying to figure out the business side of all this stuff. And that can be overwhelming. And it can, it can have a negative impact on really what, where they want to be focused on the healing side. And I would also argue, certainly for this profession, that's where we want them as a society to be focused, right? Is we want them to be focused on helping people heal. And we don't want them to be focused on all the business stuff, right? We want to minimize that to the greatest degree possible. Of course, unless that's really where they also, you know, everybody's different. Again, everybody has to find their own balance. Some people really enjoy that. I would imagine. I think the majority mm-hmm. of people in the, in the mental health profession would much prefer to just focus on the healing aspect. Um, at, at least that's been my experience speaking with people. And so it's like, how do we, how do we start using these things to help communicate how do how do we take this first step that we're in, in AI? How do we start building tools to leverage, scaling out the authentic voice of the individual, right? Um, Because I think that's really one of the powerful things that we have in front of us is that as we learn to use these tools and then as people, again, I think it'll be, you know i don't want to paint it as in the purely positive side cuz i think it is going to be challenging for many people but as people then have as we better understand what we want to not automate what we really want to focus on doing right and who we are you know we can we can then automate all these other aspects of it right so for example what we're doing is you know how how do we automate how do we take an individual therapist, unique approach, their personality, who, what their focus area is, right, or a clinic, and how do we help craft a large language model to then tell that story through content and um, and material that can be then put out in front of the world so that everybody, and then easily distribute it to every, any platform they want to, whether it's in the physical world, whether it's in the the digital space, you know, if we can take all those parts away, right. So that they can help authentically say, here's who I am. Right. And here's um, and easily get that out in front of people that enables then a whole bunch of people to better actually direct other patients, clients to them and further improve both the connection that they're finding with patients. Right. But then also be able to improve their ability to just focus really on that healing aspect. Right. And then maybe, you know, there's a whole bunch of avenues of where that can go in the future of providing tailored educational resources to clients as they continue um, sessions and all these other possibilities. But I, I think it, it really is like, for me, practically that all this question, and then how it breaks down to even what I'm working on right now is really around that. It's like, what do we not want to automate away? Mm-hmm. And, and like first to find that and then sort of, then aggressively start automating or providing the tools to automate that stuff away without mm-hmm. becoming a ty- tyranny where we're dictating to people, you know, like you have to automate this away, get rid of it. You know, mm-hmm. uh, listen, yeah. here's a tool
3: you can use yeah. it if it fits you. you. You cannot have the, you cannot have the, uh, the pasta dinner with your family, you know, on a, on a Sunday, if that's your yeah. tradition. It's like, no, sorry. We have faster things. And old things are, we're' um, I'll pause we're we're definitely gonna leave them wanting more on this podcast episode I've I've really enjoyed the conversation I know we have a hard stop in a couple of minutes so I'm glad you got to what you're working on um there's a lot more to say and yeah i mean it's I've said this before in a different conversation I'm not sure I believe it, but when I look at people who try to look out to the future, you know I do think about like Star Trek the Next Generation and the data character who's like yeah, you know, we automate everything. Let's say that's the optimum. And he still can't love, you know, he still can't find love, Mm -hmm. you know, and there's lots of questions and concerns about that. So love related things, um, I I think would, I would put in that bucket. Um, But that's like, I'm not, I'm I'm not saying there's one, I have one answer to it or that there is one answer to it. Um, But it, it does feel like we're on this, this apex of this mountain where I remember in my lifetime you couldn't go outside with your phone because the little curly wire wasn't long enough you know like it could stretch to my sister's bedroom from the kitchen that was as far as you went so it was a very community phone and uh we would go outside um but then fast forward I'm in London a couple years ago and I'm I'm staring at Monet's water lilies and I'm like, this is transcendental to me. Like I put my phone away and I just sat there and I could have sat there all afternoon, except we had, we had much more to do. So there is this beauty and art in life and the mountains outside that, um, you know, it's nice to have pictures of, but it's sort of like, it's sort of like the Kindle to me. It's like, oh, look how the Kindle is almost like real pages. You know, it's like, and, and look, you can have a thousand books in your pocket. I'm like, oh man, You're like, you know, what's actually like real paper is real paper. You know, it's like books. <laughs> you know? That's even more like paper than your screen. Um, not to say that there aren't advances in technology. Like I, when, I, when I get pessimistic, I go to the backup camera in the car. Like you can't tell me that is not a hundred percent net positive. There is nothing bad happening. I mean, I guess if you're trying to commit a crime in reverse, you know <laughs> that that would be super helpful but that that aside um yeah, there's nothing wrong with a backup camera. it's perfectly uh net positive so um i'm not a, we I'm not just a stop
2: team. all those reverse going criminals out there. <laughs> the community on,
3: we gotta check is there a community on reddit for that <laughs> it's harder but it's so so much more rewarding <laughs> when you smash into the atm in reverse like sometimes <laughs> the money just falls into your trunk it's perfect um all right we we gotta wrap i um I don't know. It feels like this has just been I've really enjoyed the conversation and I know we probably didn't touch on most anything we wanted to talk about, but I think <laughs> we got into it. I think we really did. I'm I'm happy with how this one's gone.
2: It did. I think we'll have to revisit it. I think the uh I don't know. I think it is an interesting question I, that I feel is on the back of everybody's mind.
3: It keeps mind. coming up in more and more episodes. Like we last episode we got into web 3.0 and blockchain and AI. So I'm really fascinated to see. We might need to create another podcast or at least have you back on would be a, a real delight to keep the conversation going.
2: Yeah, certainly. Certainly. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Steve. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. You you give me the uh the the desire again, you know, every sometime you mention the outdoors and like even sitting in front of the painting, right? I totally know what you're talking about. It makes me want to go back and sit in front of the same painting. <laughs> And, uh, yeah. Go outdoors, so I'm with
3: yeah. You. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on and uh, hope you have a good week and all. And uh, we'll sign off here. Thanks, Brad. Amazing. Thanks, Steve. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy.